Oh my goodness, it is another podcasting day and I'm incredibly excited because today I have two special guests helping me fill in for uh, Anderson, I can't not call her that, Mrs. McGovern on her maternity leave for baby Harper, uh, so we're wishing her all the best, but that just means that I get to do really fun stuff while she's out. Uh, so today, my two special guests, I have Miss Anna and Miss Abby, and um, we'll wrap up into what we're here to talk about shortly after. I just want them to be able to tell you who they are. So Anna, I'll let you kick it off first. Who are you? Where can they find you? My name is Anna, and um, I know you'd ask us to say kind of our age and all that. I just turned 31 in September, and I'm kind of from all over the place. I was a military brat, uh, settled down in Nebraska like 10 years ago or something. Uh, you can find me at hashtag Let's Party with Anna Bradley. It is a private group, so you have to be 18 or older and of feminine energy to be in there. Otherwise, I do also have a... Um, not private Instagram. It's life with Anna B. Um, and that's, I think right now that's everywhere you can find me. That's, that's great. I mean, I'm sure people are on social media, so it'll, it'll work out. Okay. Uh, Abby, who, who, who are you? Tell them who you are. Uh, I am Abby Oldsman. I am 31 years old as of April 4th of this year. Um, which was a fun birthday in quarantine, but you know, it is what it is. And I have been born and raised in Lincoln, Nebraska, lived for my whole life. Um, I did live for a little bit in a very small town just outside of Nebraska called Unadilla. Um, so I kind of know what it's like to live in a small town for a minute, but um, Lincoln is my home. Um, someday, maybe my husband and I will get to move to somewhere warmer because we both hate the cold. But you know what? I'm pretty happy where we're at. we got a nice, lovely house. And uh I'm just happy to be here with you ladies. Yeah, I'm super excited too. Uh, and I think that that's really powerful, by the way, that you were able to immediately go, but I'm happy where I'm at instead of I'm so pissed that I'm not in warmer climate because that's <laughs> that just means eventually you're going to get to exactly where you want to be, which is where you are right now. So, okay. Um, and so Anna is a sister consultant of mine. Her and I have been in the pure romance business for a while, but Anna also has a, just a massively big heart when it comes to the education and empowerment portion of what we do as those in-home party consultants. And Abby is actually in healthcare. Uh, so can you tell them just a little bit about your background in that regard, girl? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, uh, I wanted to be a nurse when I was probably 22. So I started doing prerequisites for nursing school and I got my CNA certification and I worked as a CNA for about eight months and realized that it was very hard for me personally to um, see patients go through illness, hard times, death, see families go through patient deaths. Um, and just as kind of, I'm a very empathetic person, I would consider myself kind of an empath. I realized that being that close to patients when they're ill is um, too challenging for me. So I kind of changed course. Um, I looked into some other opportunities in healthcare because I knew I still wanted to help people. Um, but um, I eventually found out after job shadowing a few places that I loved being in the lab. Um, and I thought it was fascinating and I knew I could still do good things and help people get through hard times without having to have that um, close contact um, that I was afraid of having a the, little bit. The um, absorbing so the human's energy, basically. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
so now I've been working at Brian West in the microbiology department for uh, about five years. Um, so I, if you have a UTI or strep throat or um, get really, really sick and have an infection, we're the ones who are going to find out what that infection is being caused by and help your doctor choose the right antibiotic to help get you better. Um, so I know a lot about, um, you know, different kinds of bacteria, what they can do to you, good bacteria, bad bacteria. And um, I've been working with a lot of COVID lately, unfortunately. But, um, you know, the, the thing about my job is it's always fascinating. There's always something new. And I'm always learning. So I love it. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, and I just wanted to make a point about that because it'll, it'll definitely help tie into our conversation that we're going to be having today. I do such a bad job at plugging my own podcast. It's ridiculous. So y'all know me, though. That's why I just gloss right over it. I'm Rachel Vote. You can follow me at Vote for Parties on Instagram and on Facebook. Make sure to hook up with me if you are interested in the empowerment classes that are rolling through. I got the VIP page for the empowerment, education, and entertainment portion of intimacy, wellness, and um, that's about it. I'm just going to wrap up with that. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> And just so everybody knows, just so everyone knows, I've taken that class twice, actually, and it's the bomb. Yes. Like, thebomb.com. Thank you so much for saying that. And she was definitely (laughs) the first person that took it twice. I have had three other women take it twice since then. Um, And, yes, like, you'll just be a different person the second time you take it. So, you'll always, I mean, like, if you watch a movie 15 times, first of all, don't act like you can't take a class twice, okay? But you do it because you you know what to expect in terms of the in, entertainment factor of it, but you're always going to notice or see something new. So um, think of it that way, for sure. So thanks for that plug, because, yeah, I mean, I kind of like it, too. That's a good time. <laughs> so today, what we are going to um, pivot on our conversation, the ladies actually reached out to me about doing this uh, topic, and I was excited Anderson and I have never talked about period blood, so I am really just jazzed to just, like, get it out there and have a conversation. Well, this has been a topic of conversation in my VIP page several times. Women are generally asking for questions uh, or um, asking for suggestions about product. That's really kind of been the extent of that conversation. Um, And I would say menstrual cycle in general, like my parents' conversation about anything in reproductive world was wrapped up into the sex conversation, which was literally what questions do you have? And I'm like, about what? Because we're having lunch. So do you want to know if I want a dessert or what? (laughs) That was it. At that point, point, normally you're just like, I don't know what I don't know. So I don't have any questions. Correct. And that's exactly what it was. In five years, I'm going to have so many questions that I should have asked you, but I had no idea that I needed to be asking those. And now I'm too embarrassed or ashamed because I should have known. And also because you didn't cultivate an environment for me to ask these questions appropriately. So I don't even know how to ask them to you. I was very blessed to have parents who gave me, literally just gave me a book about how my body was like a a thick chapter book about how my body was going to change. What was going to happen said, read this. Come back with questions if you have them. Talked about, you know, how to talk about my different private parts, my vagina and my breasts, and use the correct terms. So um, I was blessed to kind of grow up not feeling embarrassed talking to my parents about very much. I mean, there's always those things like STDs and sex and stuff like that that you're afraid um, and you kind of go to someone else about. But I've always felt really comfortable with my body in, like, just the normal kind of sense. Yeah, that's good. That's good. What about you, Anna? What was your background? Oh, definitely 100% not like that. 
um, when I was probably seven or eight, my mom sat me down and read this book, like, where do babies come from? And it didn't really go over like the anatomy portions of it very much, but it was enough to like, I guess maybe have her feel like she had done her parental duties of I've had the discussion. I had the talk and that was it. We never talked about it again. I, um, had two older sisters so to her credit she didn't think that she needed to talk to me about body development and periods and sex and things like that because if she hasn't done it with my two older sisters my youngest doesn't need it yet I developed first I went through puberty first I got my period first and she hadn't talked to my sisters about it so she definitely didn't talk to me and then I was 10 sitting in my English class in my favorite khaki shorts and I would not get up from my seat until everybody left the room. Thank God my teacher was a woman and she was like, Anna, you need to leave. Like you need to go to lunch. And I was like, I don't know what's going on with me. I think I'm dying. And I stood up and she was like, oh, you're fine. And Miss Hartley was such an a-hole. I hated her. She was the worst. She was so mean. I had no idea what was going on. She walked me down to the nurse's office in front of everybody and like just blood all over my shorts. And she's like, you need to call her mother. And my mom came and got me and like, we went and I changed, I got ice cream and I like everything was fine eventually. But I just, I had no idea what was going on. And my mom, like when she met up with Ms. Hartley, Ms. Hartley was like, you need to explain to her about her body. And like, just left. I was like, oh my God, this is terrifying. How old did you say you were? I was 10. That's what I thought you said. I, so that I would have been like about two months before. So what's that? Second or third grade? Uh, no, I no, was like in fourth, fourth or fifth. fifth six, I was in sixth grade. Sixth grade. I was trying to, well, I don't I even started, know why I said second I or third. I started school early. Um, it was still second or third, Rachel. Come on. That's like six or seven. <laughs> Anyways. Um, my point is, is that, yeah. So 10 was not only young, but your khaki shorts, your asshole like, teacher, it was the worst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a terrifying experience. That first one is. It yeah. kind of is. Yeah. I was at Especially my. Especially if no one's talked to you. Right. Yeah. Um, I was at my cousin's graduation party at my aunt's house. And it was like not that big. Like I didn't know. Like I was going to the bathroom and there was blood on the toilet paper. And I went outside and told my mom like I think I got my period. Because I learned about it in school with a pamphlet. And <laughs> she said to me, why didn't you tell me? I said, I am telling you, like, what are you, like, I, I get, I had like no good exposure or feelings towards a menstrual cycle at all. So, um, this is not a conversation about your menstrual cycle in terms of what it is. You're definitely going to want to talk to your OBGYN about that or reach out to one of us ladies if you're just looking for some resources, um, because it's nothing to be ashamed about if you still don't really know entirely what your menstrual cycle is or the phases of it or the importance of it to your body or even if you don't even fully know the ways that you can get pregnant there's nothing wrong with that we're sitting here telling you ladies that we never knew any of that stuff either and I didn't even know some of the truth of those things until I was in my 20s or 30s so uh, don't feel ashamed but definitely feel empowered to know because the more you know about your body the better off you're going to be number one to take care of it but you know, just like um, Abby said, to just have like a really good positive image about what it is because my God, women don't get enough credit for how unbelievably amazing it is to be a woman in the same exact breath, how exhausting it is in that same exact breath. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, no. it's, 
It can be a lot. And I remember my first one was I was in dance class, so I was wearing pink tights with black leggings, thank God, over, <laughs> and a black leotard. Um, and I was so sweaty. Can I just say how sweaty I get during my period? Oh, my God. The yeah. sweat is insane. So I was 12 years old in a summer dance camp, just sweating my ass off, thinking that my legs felt wet because of sweat, and I couldn't figure out why. Went to the bathroom, blood all the way down to my shoes. Oh. Inside of my pants. And I was like, I'm going to die soon. <laughs> and then I realized, no, no, right? Okay, my mom told me I was going to get a period. Okay, so I went, you know, luckily put my black pants back on. You couldn't see anything. Um, my mom picked me up and I was like, mom, there's an emergency. And she freaked out thinking something terrible happened. And I told her what happened and she took me home. We got cleaned up. It was okay. But to have that moment of uncertainty is, is scary. And, you know, we still have that moment of like, oh my gosh, I just started my period. I'm in the middle of doing a task at work and I sneezed and here we go. Um, and you didn't have anything in prepared for it. Um, so that can be a moment of fear as well. Like it's not just when you're a kid that you get that fear. You can still get that fear as an adult where you're just in the middle of something where you can't control what's coming out of your body. And all of a sudden you need to go do something and you don't have a great explanation. I mean, we, you do, but you don't want to tell everybody most of the time around you what just happened yeah yeah which is the crazy thing about it because especially if you're with your besties most of them are probably on their periods anyway (laughs) so um and that's why I feel like that conversation would be like it could be a part two because this is definitely just about we want to talk about like methods and periods and so on and so forth but someday we could talk about how women cycle together and how the phases of the moon contribute to all this hippy dippiness but I'm sorry Anna were you gonna say something Oh, I was just going to say, see, I don't have that problem with the way that I handle my period. And I'm the worst friend to have around if you've sunk up with me because everyone's like, do you have a tampon? Do you have that? I don't have anything. Sorry. <laughs> I don't use it. Yeah. I'm a jam. Yeah. So yeah. that was what part of the conversation led to us wanting to do this podcast today is um, talking about that. So the first thing I'm going to mention about like my menstrual cycle is that like it was fairly predictable before um, Olivia and like even when I was not on birth control. Birth control made it incredibly regular. Um, it was, like, decent in terms of cramping. And then, like, flow was probably uh, the worst part about it because it was, like, a week long. But I'm telling y'all, like, after I had Olivia, everything changed. And I, I'm hearing from more mothers now that a lot of people see that difference when they get their tubes tied. And it would make a lot of sense for me because nothing changed after I had Cole. It was still the same for a decade after until I had another baby. Um, and now it's like the worst. It is just like it. I mean, I feel like I have to sit a, a, a diaper with a tampon to even feel secure enough. And I am changing tampons probably every two hours. Um, the only quote unquote side, the silver lining to it is that it's reduced it from a seven to eight day period to probably a two to three day period. And that's the, I mean, it's like mm, fast and furious, not so much slow and steady. Okay. Um, and, and my cramping changed immensely after the tubes tied as well. Like I thank God for CBD and suppositories because the, uh, arthritis strength Tylenol on the heating pad wasn't cutting anymore. So, so you can be anywhere in terms of having a period, not having a period, having a sporadic period, having such a regular period. You can set your clock to it. 
none of that matters. But we wanted to kind of talk about was that basis of what is it that you're currently using? Uh, do you feel like it's really good for you? Did you know there was other options out there? And so on and so forth. So um, Anna, go ahead and expand upon what you were just talking about. Yeah. Um, I originally started out using pads because that was the only thing that was ever given to me. It was the only thing I ever had any explanation of. Um, and then probably about when I was 16, 17, um, I found a box of tampons in one of my friend's bathrooms and kind of taught myself how to use those, which if you have no idea what's going on, you don't know anything about your anatomy, like you don't know how far up to put it, like what you're doing, it was awful. Um, and then from then on till probably about five years ago, I just exclusively used tampons. Um, I have PCOS, so I have problems with vaginal dryness. So using tampons is incredibly painful. Um, it's, it can cause small micro tears. There's chafing. It was awful. So I hated that. Um, my periods lasted. I noticed from when I switched to pads to tampons, anywhere from you know five to six days when I started using tampons, it ended up being about seven to 10. And I was like, this is, this is awful. I have horrible cramping. It lasts forever. This is like the worst week and a half of my life. So about five years ago, I decided that I was just going to stop using all of it. I'd heard about um, cups. So like the Diva cup. So I talked to my gynecologist and I was like, look, I, I don't want to use tampons anymore. I don't want to use pads. Um, I've heard about these cups. And she was like, look, I'm really sorry. They do not make them for women like you. And I talked to her a little bit more about it. And she said, I have an incredibly tilted cervix. So cups were not going to be an option for me. Um, and I was like, okay, well, what else can I do? And she was like, I mean, nothing. Like that's, those are your options. I'm like that I'm not doing any of this. And I stopped using pads. I stopped using tampons and I just free bleed. Now there are underwear. Um, I think Finks is one of the companies that makes them that are specifically for people who are free bleeding. I have never wanted to invest money into anything like that. So I just like use my regular underwear. And there's a lot of people that are like, that's so disgusting, it's so unsanitary. One, it's just like a pad, except there's not extra padding. Um, and two, what do you think women in third world countries do? What do you think women who don't have access to sanitary products do? What do you think women, you know, before any of this was ever created, what do you think they did? This exact same thing. As long as you are washing yourself, washing your clothes, wearing clean um, underwear, clean you know garments, whatever it is, it's it's the natural way the body is. I've noticed in the last five years since I started doing that, my periods have gone back to being um, like the actual bleeding portion, usually three to four days. My cramping is almost non-existent. Now I do have PCOS, so I have cramping if there's you know, a cyst bursting or if I've got a bunch of cysts on my ovaries that month, then I do have extra cramping because of that. I've also got cramping in my legs, so it's not completely gone, but I don't have those you know, uterine cramps that you get normally. So it's interesting. it works for me. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I should've wrote it down because you said something about it and it really, it, piqued my interest um <clears throat> oh because you said when, if people are like that's unsanitary unsanitary and i'm thinking in my brain i'm like how is it different if you were to pick a scab and use your shirt to clot the blood how is it different 
if you wet your pants and you wash your pants and you rewear them again, right? So it's not different. It's the same. It's just that it's the connotation that we give to period blood of it being disgusting or unsanitary or nasty when like you had said very vividly and clearly it is just a part of the natural portion of your life if you're not having a baby body's like bye we don't need this so you can't stop it (laughs) you can't stop people don't have problems when they see blood when it's like a nosebleed if i tell somebody there's blood on my shirt because my nose was bleeding nobody's like oh my god you have to change you have to cover that up but when it comes to period blood like all hell breaks loose yeah yeah and I feel that way even about like like throwing my tampon and pads away because like even like especially now that I have to use bigger everything right like I like feel like I'm walking out with like a baseball sized trash I'm like oh and I don't throw them away in my bathroom because the dog will eat them I know that's disgusting but I like so I have to truck them all the way from my bathroom to the front kitchen and throw them in the garbage it's like ridiculous but but yes that's I digress it's a, it's just okay so anyway I'm gonna take a breather were you gonna say something Allie? <laughs> I was going to say, as far as sanitary goes, as far as bacteria, like, actual sanitariness goes, um, as long as it's coming out of your body, if it's stuck up inside your body with, like, a tampon or a pad, um, that's how you get bacteria that loves blood, because there are a lot of them. That's how we grow bacteria in the lab, is we grow it on a plate that has blood in it. Um, so if you've got that sitting up inside of you, that's how bacteria that could be pathogenic is normally there, but if it gets to be too much in your body can cause serious problems. So if you leave that blood up inside you for too long, that's where you get, um, toxic shock syndrome from Staphylococcus aureus. That's where you get, um, gram negative rod infections from, your tampon touching your butthole when you wipe. I know it's gross, but it happens. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And then you get poop bacteria up inside your vagina and you don't want that there. And so that's where all of those infections come from. So as long as it's coming out of your body regularly um, and you're making sure that you're keeping your vagina clean, there's no chance for infection to grow. So It's not unsanitary in the sense of you're going to get infections or you're going to leave bacteria everywhere. Now, like Anna said, you need to be cleaning what you're using no matter what it is um, or getting it out of your body as regularly as possible. Um, But as long as you're cleaning up after yourself, there's nothing unsanitary about it. Yeah, yeah, it's all just opinion. And what's funny, they're like, obviously we've got two sexes and the number one thing that I hear that men say when they find out that that's that's even an option for women is that's unsanitary. Women, on the other hand, when they find out that I just free bleed, the number one thing that I hear is, you're so brave, I could never do that. (laughs) I'm like, one, I didn't just jump in front of a bullet for you. Like, I didn't didn't just sign up with the military to go deploy to the Middle East. Like, There's nothing brave about this. And the fact that you are telling me that I'm brave for doing it and you could never do it, you absolutely could. There's nothing special about me. I don't have, like, I used to have a super light period. I no longer do. I have a period to the point where there are usually one to two days that I'm losing so much blood that I feel faint. So it's like, there's nothing special about me. There's nothing special about my period. Everybody can do this. 
you just choose not to because it's so stigmatized. Yeah, like, that's yeah. what it comes down to. Yes, that's what I would yeah. say too. I would say so. Question because that was one of my questions about your flow is that because like this it literally happened to me at a party that with a very large tampon, a very large maxi pad, I went through both of those through my pair of jeans, jeans onto my shoe because I had to sit on my shoe to make sure that I didn't get blood anywhere else at this hostess's house. So like in that instance, like how, yeah, do you, like, I don't expect you to be a hermit, but do you have to alter your life a little bit around that? Um, when I first started doing it, um, I definitely did a little bit. I would try to stay home as much as possible. Um, I had like a, a sweater, like a black sweater that I would bring to work and I would sit on that. Um, because obviously like I can't not go to work I would wear black leggings I still wear black leggings you know when I know I'm going to be on my period just so that if it does bleed out it's not this whole long drawn out thing Um, but for the most part not anymore after probably about the first year to year and a half I started to recognize um, you know that feeling of if I sneeze or I cough or I do something I'm going to have a blood clot or uterine lining come out you just you get really in tune with your body and i i'm able to utilize my pc muscles and make sure that if i've got a lot of blood that's going to come out here in a couple minutes i've got time to find a bathroom um and if i absolutely can't then i can't sorry about it yeah it is what it is yeah i guess my my question when i because we've talked about this before um anna is my first question that came to my mind was honestly what about furniture like that is my thought is but I don't want to bleed on my couch so like do you ever sit on a towel do you put anything down or is it just I clean up after uh when I first started I I did bring a towel with me like if I'm sitting on my couch um Really, there wasn't an issue when it came to my bed. I don't know why, but I usually just don't heavily bleed when I'm sleeping. Um, but I, I would sit on a couch or on a towel on my couch, and I would try not to go to, like, friends' houses or anything. But if I did, I always brought that little black sweater with me to sit on. And if you tie it around your waist, it's discreet. Nobody asks any questions about it. Um, but I haven't needed anything like that in probably four years. So you can just like hold I, it in and like let it go when you need to. Yep. Huh. Which which so many people are like, I could never do that. And you'd be surprised. It's you get really, really in tune with your body when you start letting your body just do what it naturally does. Right, right. Because the the pads and the tampon I love the pads so much, but the tampon is like more of the resistance. Like you were when you were describing earlier that your periods were longer with them in my head, I'm going um, how can I how can I work this backwards to figure out logically why would that would happen? Well, one, you know, everything is stuck in your uterus if you're plugging it up, so you don't have it to just free rain out as fast as it possibly can. Um, but yep. two, worse contractions because you have a product inside your body that's tightening around um, as your uterine walls are like, let's just let this stuff out. So it does make a lot of sense um, in that regard. And I, I, and, and I think most women can relate to what you're saying. Yeah, like you sneeze, you cough, and you feel like all of a sudden you probably have a jellyfish in your underwear. Um, so I could see that. I could see that. I, I think that if I could figure out how, well, I mean, all of my 
healthcare friends say ablation is probably the thing I'm going to have to do. And I'm just not at a place where I want to do that. I just, I don't think I should have to. Or go back on birth control. I'm like, fuck that shit. There's a reason why I got my tubes tied. Like, I don't want to be on hormones. Like, so it is such, it's a kind of a catch 22, but I definitely feel like I'm getting def- more comfortable with the, I don't care because I can't do anything about it. It's my body. Um, which when there's yeah. less resistance, then there's less caring in general, not only for yourself, but what other people think, which then in, t- in turn, I notice less cramping. I, no- I notice faster bleeding, right? Because I'm not the one, I, well, I was the one drawing it out for myself. So come on, woohooiness, I'm just saying. But I did actually find something interesting I wanted to share. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. So the history of the sanitary pad, real quick, because I had no idea, um, to be honest. Yes. Yeah, this is going to be kind of funny. So the sanitary pad is far and away the most widely used method for menstrual management. It is easy to use, easily accessible, and pretty straightforward. The pads we use today are mostly made of synthetic bleached material, but they were, but what they were like 50 years ago and how were they invented, which is what Abby had mentioned earlier, too, is that that's part of that conversation women are having, y'all. We'll talk about that later, but uh, that's part of the conversation of, of choosing a different method, Um because is it best for your body? So it says menstrual pads have been mentioned in history as early as the 10th century in ancient Greece, where a woman is said to have thrown one of her used menstrual rags at an admirer in an attempt to get rid of him. So if anybody has a problem with you free bleeding, Anna, you know what you can do now, okay? I'm just going to throw my used rag at them. <laughs> yes. Just like, take my here. pants off and toss them. Yes. Like, wind up your black sweater like a towel in the locker room and just, like, (laughs) Okay, so now it says, uh, before the disposable pad was invented, most women used rags, cotton, or sheep's wool in their underwear to stem the the flow of menstrual blood. Knitted pads, rabbit fur, or even grass were all used by women to handle their periods. The first disposable pads were actually uh, thought of by nurses. Um, Short version of that is they were out in battlefields. They needed to absorb faster. The... The pads were made from wood pulp originally, and commercial uh, manufacturers borrowed that idea. Disposable pads were then available for purchase as early as 1888 called the softball pad. <laughs> Johnson & Johnson developed their own version in 19, 1896 called Lister's Towel Sanitary Towel for Ladies. Ladies did not want to buy it when it was called that, so in 1920 they renamed it to New Pack, so it had nothing to do with pads. Um, and it said even though they were available during the 1920s, they were much too expensive for most women. Um, when they could be afforded, women were allowed to place money in a box so they would not have to speak to the clerk and take a box of Kotex bad from the counter themselves. It took several years for disposable menstrual pads to become a commonplace. <laughs> yes, this is ridiculous. That was 1920. So the last it says here, the earliest disposable pads were generally in the form of cotton wool or a similar fibrous rectangular covered uh, fabric with a liner. The liner ends were extended front to back to fit through loops in a special girdle or belt worn beneath <laughs> undergarments. Oh my god. The design was notorious for slipping either forward or back for the intended purpose. Later the adhesive strip was placed on the bottom of the pad of for attachment of the saddle of the panties and this became a favored method for women. Uh, and that was about 1980 was like the last time the belted freaking sanitary napkin disappeared. Is this ridiculous or what? Oh, I remember that belt from when I was in elementary school. Do you? They showed us one. I have never even heard of that. Yes, the like girdle thing. And when they called them sanitary napkins, I was like, what a weird name. I remember that. That I remember. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to take a picture or pull up a picture real quick of a menstrual. What is it? Would you call it a strap? It's a a girdle. girdle. It's called a menstrual girdle. 
or belt. Okay, okay. I'm going to take it. I'm going to find a picture of it. They're pretty crap. funny. Yeah. It looks like, well, you know, like the little strappy things that hang off your lingerie. It almost looks like that, but oh. a belt in a situ- situation, like around your waist instead of like hanging off of your thighs. I can't even, like Google Images doesn't even come up with it. They're yeah, weird. Oh, well, I'll look it up later. Not a big deal. Uh, The last thing that the article said, though, is that sanitary pads are the most widely used form of the menstrual management, but they are still overpriced, particularly in developing countries, and definitely may not be the best option for all women. So uh, free bleeding, yeah, as Anna had said, that's what she said. I have used a menstrual cup even before Olivia. Like, I mean, granted, I had like a, they make different sizes and I didn't have the large, but I had a lot of spillage. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. Um... What is your method, Abby? What do you use right now? Well, I switched to a menstrual cup uh, about four months ago. So I'm kind of a newbie at it. And it it all started because I kept seeing these ads. And you've probably seen them on Facebook um, from Flex about this little Flex disc that you can get and still have sex on is what they claim. Um, so I... Can you? we'll get there (laughs) so um i thought you know i hate tampons i hate if i pee and then you have your pee string and the fact that if you wipe you feel uh it's just it feels gross to me and i've never really you, you don't enjoy your period really much anyways and that is just such a gross it, it's an unpleasant part for me. I it the microbiologist in me is just like you. Gross is going to go. The bacteria is going to travel up the string into my vagina, and that's just gross. Um, so uh, I decided I'll give this flex thing a go. Um, it was a bit of an investment. Um, however, when I think about how much money I've spent on tampons and how much waste they produce. That was yeah. another thing that I really thought about was this is going to produce so much less waste um, because I really do care about the environment. So if you care about the environment, that's an extra perk. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with when I looked on the Flex website, they had you could get a Flex cup, which is a new design that they've kind of come up with in the last year or two. Um, the cup has a kind of ring that's kind of diamond shaped that comes out of it that you can loop your finger into so you still kind of have that feeling that's familiar to most women of pulling out like a tampon situation um they also added um little holes around the top of the cup to break the vacuum seal when you pull on the loop so instead of it being like oops, I pulled too hard and it vacuum sealed like it. Cause if you pull too hard without breaking the seal, it can pull on your cervix, which is uncomfortable. So this new design makes it so that when you pull on the ring, um, it breaks that seal automatically and comes out and then you can grab the cup, dump it in the toilet. Um, I like to change mine in the shower because then I can rinse it out. Um, I can make sure that the vacuum seal release holes are clear of any debris because they can get clogged with blood um, or just anything that comes out of your body. Um, and once, sorry, losing my headphones. 
once those are clear, um, you just reinsert. There's different folding methods that you can, I YouTubed, oh my God, I did so much YouTube research. <laughs> I can't even tell you. Um, I looked up a bunch of different cup styles, um, but it also came with a two pack of the flex rings, which are basically, it's a flexible silicone ring with a clear, <sighs> It it's looks like, like the thing that you throw up in at the the hospital. Yeah, they say yeah. they say you can have sex on these. So it came with a two pack of those. I also got my cup. Um, so I first I tried the um, ring, the flex ring um, that has like I almost want to. It looks like cling wrap to mm -hmm. me, um, and that's what holds the blood. So the way that works is you just pinch the ring, mm -hmm. insert, and it sits up underneath your cervix where the blood comes out. Um, now, if you don't have a very wide vagina, you don't have a very wide cervix, you don't have a very long vagina, it is not going to fit up there as well because it is fairly large. Um, and unless your man has a very short penis, you're not going to have sex on it um, because it does stick out far enough from your vaginal opening that it just, it won't work. It wouldn't work for me at least. Um, and, um, it also, I noticed leaked, um, quite a bit because it doesn't get that suction that the cup would get. So I tried that. I wasn't a huge fan. I think I took it out after, oh, probably two or three hours. And I was like, well, I guess I have an extra one in case I don't know any crafting supplies. <laughs> um, so, in case your dog needs have, a shower curtain, yeah, shower or cap, <laughs> get a little shower cap for my cat. Um, and so then I went and I I gave a, I had never tried the cup before, and this was before I had done very much research into how to use my cup. Um, and so I kind of just like shoved it up there, and then realized it didn't feel great. Maybe I should figure out how you're supposed to insert this. So I went and watched a couple of YouTube videos on folding techniques, which are easy to find. Um, there's like 18 different folding techniques. There's a C fold and a V fold. And um, I found out that the V fold is the one that works the best for me. Um, and you kind of just insert it the way you would with a tampon, except you are going to have to use your hands a bit more. So there is a possibility probability of you getting some blood on your hands which if you're in a public restroom I just when I'm in a public restroom I just wipe it off of my hand with some toilet paper throw that in the toilet and then make sure that I wash my hands thoroughly after I'm done um I haven't had to empty mine in public bathrooms very many times but it's not ex it's not an uncomfortable experience so much as it's like you're in a stall so you're like doing something that you feel is kind of private and you're a little uncomfortable at first but after you do it the first couple times you get the hang of it you get kind of slick at it um and it comes out nice and easy you dump it you put it back up there and on my light days i'm good for 12 to 18 hours it's not recommended for you to leave it in more than 12 hours however there has not been one case of tss reported with the menstrual cup that's awesome um yeah, they are made out of silicone um, most of the time. There are some that are made out of other materials, but the nice thing about the Flex Cup is it's black, so you'll never see any blood stains on it. Um, a lot of them, like the Dixie Cup and things like that, come in clear silicone, which is fine. They're cute. They're pink. They're blue, whatever. 
um, but you're eventually going to get some blood stains on it because blood stains things. It just does. Um, and unless you're going to bleach your cup, which is a terrible idea, it's just going to, you're going to have to live with it. Um, and then when it comes to be the end of my period, I, um, you have three options for sanitizing um, your cup. And um, I choose the microwave method because it's quick and easy. I've also done the stovetop method as well. But what you're going to want to do is just boil your cup for five minutes. So I have um, a little Tupperware that is the perfect size that has a vented lid. Um, that's all I use it for is I fill, I put my cup in. I fill it up just above to where my cup is sitting. Throw it in the microwave for five minutes. Let it dry for a couple minutes. Throw it in my period drawer and forget about it until next month. And then once I need it again, you do want to re-sterilize. So I throw it back in the microwave and then it's ready for use. You can also boil it on the stove for five minutes. It's a silicone, so it's not gonna melt. Um, you could also buy, they do have commercially available um, cleansing tablets. You need about a quarter of a tablet um, and you just follow the instructions on the back of the package. You can find them online. If you look up sanitary or um, you know, period cup, menstrual cup, um, sanitizing tablets. Um, and you just let your um, cup soak in that with some water for about five minutes as well. Um, and that kills all of the bacteria um, without using any harsh chemicals that could harm your body. So you have options on sanitizing, you have options on different sizes, you have options on different shapes. Um, the only issue with that is you're going to want to know what shape size your vagina is before you just go buy one um, because if you just buy one sometimes you can end up if you have a different shaped cervix or a longer vagina or a heavier flow you can end up with a cup that doesn't suit your needs um, I lucked out and really like my menstrual cup the first one that I bought um, that doesn't mean that everyone is going to, so it can be a bit of an investment. They can be, like my cup was $30 with the two pack of the things I will never use. Um, and they come cheaper, they come more expensive. It's kind of up to you. Mine comes with a little baggie that's cute, so it will never get lost. I can throw it in my purse if I need to, if I know my period's coming. But I also keep um, a tampon in my purse in case I get surprised with my period and I wasn't prepared. Um, I also, the first couple months, used light tampons for the last couple days because I didn't really know what was going to happen with the cup, if it was going to be hard to empty, and now I just leave it in at the end, and I haven't used tampons in two months. So that's good for the environment, good for me, good for my body. Um, it's been a really good experience. I've also noticed a reduce, reduced cramping. Um, because of the way that it sits, your body is allowed to contract when it needs to. Um, and it also allows for the, the kind of free bleeding situation um, that you get with free bleeding without actually free bleeding. So your body can just release what it needs to as long as you're emptying your cup when you should be. Um, so there is that caveat that you need to be emptying your cup and you'll get to know when it needs to be emptied. Sometimes you can feel some pressure. Um, it's not painful, but you're just kind of like, feels like I need to pee maybe. No, 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 I don't have to pee. I got to change my cup. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Um, I have inserted, I've, I've inserted it incorrectly before and felt a little uncomfortable and you just have to pull it back out and try again. Um, it takes some practice. There's a learning curve. Um, but once you get the hang of it, I don't have as many cramps. Um, I don't feel grossed out about my period anymore. And when I change it in the shower, I then know how much I'm bleeding. Like I can see, I can see how much I bled. Like it, it shows me what my body has produced so I know where I'm at in my cycle at all times which is nice so that's kind of my experience with um cups I don't know if I missed covering anything but I think that's about all the 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 pros I mean there are some cons it can be awkward it can be weird the first few times but for me the pros just outweigh the cons so much that I, I switched and now I'm just like, girlfriend, girlfriend, switch to a cup. It's going to save your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just preaching to all my friends. Yeah. I want to get everyone, everyone um, that I know that's like, I can never free bleed. I'm like, okay, get a cup. Seriously, mm-hmm. get a cup. If, if you've got the right cervix, vagina, whatever it is you need to do that, get a cup. It's better for you. It's better for the environment. It's more comfortable. Like, that's yeah it's good for your body yeah don't forget that uh, pads and tampons were also really not invented by women there, there's a reason why they're weird and uncomfortable um and not in a bad way it's just they didn't have vaginal canals they didn't know what would be the best method of insertion um for us so there weren't any folding methods <laughs> right right for this <laughs> wad of cotton just shove it in my vaginal canal got it <laughs> Well, see, what drives me crazy is you can tell it wasn't invented by a woman because if it was, there would be a tiny pouch of um, lubricant with it. Guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. Because yes. that, that was always the absolute worst You're thing like, for me oh. with tampons. I'm just like, this is the worst thing. <laughs> I hated them. I hated them so much. Well, I mean, because you had said that earlier, too, with PCOS, it increases dryness um, as well. And you have to think about, like, ladies, like, when you – because – yeah, inserting a tampon the first couple of times, especially if nobody's told you, is nerve-wracking. And you're not aroused, so your body's not going to be lubricated more than any other given minute of the day. So I would agree with that. So it said this, yeah, Earl Haas in 1931 was the one who invented the menstrual tra- tampon. Um, it didn't even have an applicator yet, just as a heads up. So women were quite literally just popping them on in there the best they could. Oh my God, that actually, the very first tampon that I ever used was one of those ones where you like unfurl the bottom of it a little bit. Yes, and you you, like make a little hole for your finger and then you just like, right, and it was the worst thing. What? I've never even heard of that either. Where have I been? It was, um, oh God, it was like 2006. Yeah, it's, I had two friends that they were their favorites, and I couldn't, I just didn't understand. I couldn't figure it out, and I couldn't get it in, like, I couldn't get it to where it's supposed to sit right, and I don't know if you've ever, like, when you were young and you didn't know what you were doing, when you first put in a tampon, if you don't get it far enough up and you sit down, it hurts so bad. I went like that for probably three or four months. That's how I would wear my tampons. Yeah. I couldn't understand why it was leaking. I couldn't understand why it was so painful, but I had nobody to ask. So I just dealt with it until I started figuring out like what you're supposed to do. And I was like, oh, that's that's much more comfortable. Cool, I just wasn't putting it far enough up. Like nobody tells you any of this. Yeah. 
It's awful. I hate tampons. <laughs> I also, you know, you're talking about the lack of lubrication um, for inserting tampons. A similar thing can happen with cups. Um, they don't, I mean, they're not pre-lubricated. So it's not a terrible, especially like if you're just starting your period or if you know you're going to start your period later that day and you just want to put your cup in so you don't have to think about it later that day, um, throwing just a little bit of lube around the lip of it or you don't need a lot but something to make it so that it's more comfortable for insertion is a very smart idea um, because then you're not going to feel uncomfortable or awkward um, while you're getting it in and it's going to be easier to get into the correct position for it to do its job yeah yeah absolutely um and i can probably attest to this i've had several clients invest in water-based lubricants strictly for comfort just for everyday use and not un uncommonly for menstrual products as well for that reason makes a whole lot of sense protect your body from those rips and tears girl yes oh yeah i i have quite a few clients who will buy um, or order from me water-based lubricants um who are going through i've got one that's been going through um like chemo treatments and she uses it just every day because she says it gets uncomfortable and it's dry and there's chafing um, I have women who are on different hormonal medications trying to get pregnant and they have the same problem. So they'll just put a little bit on every day, like not even for sex, just for pure comfort when you're just walking around being a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause if you've never suffered from extreme vaginal dryness, you don't even really realize what's, what's touching down there without lubrication until that happens. Sounds yeah. like pain yeah yep that's that's pretty much the basis of it i think for sure for sure so i would say um what is what would be some solid advice if you could recommend to your younger self now knowing what you know about your period talk to your friends about it and oh my god if we had youtube i would have watched videos like a crazy person because I think I probably watched 20 or 30 videos about um, how to use a menstrual cup, different kinds of menstrual cups, bad experiences, good experiences, um, and just getting to know what other women have been through so you don't feel so alone. I honestly think um, that I, I wouldn't really have been able to talk to my friends I got mine significantly earlier than most of the girls around me. Um, I could tell that my mother was very uncomfortable about it. So I couldn't have spoken to her. My sisters didn't have it yet. So I think my biggest thing, talk to your doctor. Ask, ask your parents to leave the room when you go see your doctor and talk to them. Because your doctor is going to have all the information that you need. They're going to be able to tell you everything. And as a doctor, not knowing you, they are going to be significantly more comfortable explaining things as far as pants, pads, tampons, whatever the options are. And they're not going to be like, cool, let's go get ice cream instead of talking about this. And like, let's just like put your bloody pants in the, in the washer. Like let's, let's never speak of this again. Your doctor is going to be like, I don't care. This is your regular patient. I'll tell you whatever you want to know. I think that's great advice. I would agree with that too. I feel like, you know, like one of the things people tell me in the ordering room is like, this might be TMI. I'm like, this is what I do. It's like going to the dentist when you have a cavity. It's not different. Yeah. And when you get to be in an environment 
like that with an OB, with your primary care physician, somebody what, who has, who is passionate about those types of things and being able to help you, you'll feel so much more at ease at the naturalness of their conversation that you'll be like, oh, oh I mean, I can talk about my period then maybe not with my mom because I can tell she's tense about it, but it will empower you to feel that relief as well, in my opinion. Yep. So, um, I would say like, so obviously, like I say, like for myself, my future is kind of just toughing it out in this moment until I decide what I want to do for myself. But what would you say, um, you would like to see in the future for women in whether it's the industry of products or education for women or something that you think would be helpful? Um, well, you know, I asked, <laughs> I asked my mom when I, it maybe took me about a month after I got my menstrual cup, if she had ever heard of one. Cause I was figuring, you know, as a, a hippie, she was definitely a hippie when I was a kid still is, mm-hmm. um, that she had heard of them or used them. Apparently their new product. This was something that I was unaware of. I thought that these had been around for a while because they're so simple and it's such a, it seems like a kind of like duh product. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like why didn't they have these forever? Um, and so to know that she was like, Oh no, we didn't speak of our periods and we had belts with uh pads and you know, all this kind of stuff and um it I kind of just would like the industry which they're kind of trending in that direction to make information more accessible. <clears throat> through their company and not just I have to go online and find other women in order to figure out what's going on with my body um which is a wonderful thing that I'm seeing them start to move in that direction but um transparency about what they're using in their products um transparency um is is very important to me with companies and um you know I'd like to see the cup movement continue to grow now that I know that it's kind of a new thing. I really would like to see more innovation like this flex cup that came out not too long ago that I'm using, um, has just these little innovations, just the little addition of the pull, um, loop and the suction release holes. Those, those also seem kind of like the things, but I'm sure that they took a lot of time and thought and care from the makers. So as long as we're continuing to move in that direction, um, that's really kind of um, I'm kind of joyful and hopeful for women to see us continue to move in a direction where we make periods unstigmatized. And that's that's my hope. Yeah, I would piggyback on that real quick and say what the history lesson we learned today that pads are basically about a hundred, well, a hundred and. 40 years old ish now, but they were a hundred years old really until something else came along And here mm-hmm. between 1980 to where we are in 2020. There have been so many things. Some things didn't work so good. Nobody uses them anymore. Some things have just been like groundbreaking. Um, so I, that, I would agree with that. I would say that it's just kind of the tip of the iceberg now, especially the women go, holy shit, we kind of forgot. We can really remake this shit, especially because we know what we need. So maybe we should do It's not just that. We've been saying it for a long time. It's more like it's, it's other stuff. It's, it's just let women, yeah, I mean, it's just let women do it. How about that? Yeah. Let us, let us do our own thing. Yeah. I think the two biggest things that I want to see is better reusable environmentally friendly options 
like the cup or the thanks panties for anyone who wants to free believe but still have something because pads and tampons are terrible for our wallets and the environment but more so than that women who stop asking for pads and tampons in hushed tones or making sure that they have a sleeve or a pocket that they can shove that tampon up so nobody sees it i feel like in order for our industry to grow and change um you know an industry like this women need to be more open about talking about it and less um less self-conscious honestly because the only reason that we're doing that is because we we're uncomfortable and we don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable about something that is completely natural about our own bodies. So I feel like until until women start actually communicating and not being uncomfortable with it, it's not going to change. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to feel that. like I'm doing a drug deal when I'm giving someone a tampon. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, the Amy Schumer did a whole sketch about it, and she's like, when you're like under your breath, you're like, do you have like a tampon? <laughs> like a what? <laughs> yes. Does anyone have a tampon? <laughs> so true. It's so true. Uh, but I, I, I love that. I think that you know, hopefully, we can just having more conversations about it. It's just. It's, it's like you said, it's not about it being gross. It's just like, it just is what it is. So if you pick your nose, you pick your nose. If you have a weak bladder, you have a weak bladder. It's just your body. And that thing is just a skin vessel that carries your beautiful soul around. So give it a break once in a while for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Well, this was a really good conversation. I appreciate y'all coming uh, up with it. And I just really hope that ladies get something from it, even if it's just like a, huh, never would have thought kind of thing. Uh, definitely go to the Google and take a search for Diva Cups and Flex Cups and all of the things. Because I would um, I would say, yeah, Abby's right. Like the cup itself is already in it, reinvented itself two or three times over. So whew, it's going to be exciting. So as we wrap up, Anna, you want to remind them where they can find you? Yeah, I'm on Facebook, Anna Nicole Bradley, and hashtag Let's Party with Anna Nicole Bradley, and then Instagram at Life with Anna B. And if anybody has any questions, um, wants to learn more, or has concerns about free bleeding, like just add me on Facebook and private message me. I don't care. I'll I'm open about it. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, Abby, okay. they, can they find you in the microbiology lab? <laughs> yeah. Come over to West and find me in my hidey hole. Um, they, they keep us hidden in the basement. Um, I actually am on Abby Alsman on Facebook. And if you do have questions about um, period cups, I may not be the most knowledgeable resource, resource, but I will be happy to point you in directions where I got my information or help you with anything that I have noticed. Um, if you have a question, shout out. Um, I'm happy to answer. I've been talking to my friends about this for the past four months, and I already got one of them to take get a period cup. This is their first menstrual cycle with it. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. That's exciting. It's exciting. So, yeah, I felt pretty good about that. Um, and I'm happy to answer questions if anybody has any. That's great. Well, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here with me today. and. 
um, for being advocates for women, for having the conversations that may not have otherwise been had if we wouldn't have said it's okay to have them. So I would love, love, love to have you guys back again if you would like to. Um, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm definitely, I think I'm on time crunch before next period's happening, but um, I'm going to see what I can figure out about what I'm going to do. I think. Uh, so I'm Rachel Vote. You already knew that anyways. Find me on Instagram, Vote for Parties, or on the Book of Face if you want. Um, I feel like I had something else to say about it, but we're all good to go. So thanks again for your guys' time. I appreciate it. And don't forget to share this, especially if you got some value. You don't have to put it on somebody's Facebook wall. You can put it into their DM, send it in a text message. It's available on lots of different platforms. And sharing makes you beautiful. It is a cold, hard fact, so don't forget it. So thanks again for being here. We will be back next week with another podcast, ladies and gents. We hope you have a fantastic day. So stay happy, stay healthy, and wash your hands. Okay, bye-bye.